1: Welcome in to the CHGO Bears podcast. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. Big show today. Joining us from the desert in a matter of moments will be Adam Hogue. My partner in crime, Nicholas Moriano, is ready to go. I've got tons of thoughts on best player available a little deep dive into Bijan robinson coming but but nick i don't want to bury the lead you ready for this one i'm ready let's go <laughs> can you smell what i'm cooking over here uh, smell- i i can't
2: say that i can right now but can it's, you let me know what are you cooking over there
1: uh, i'm just telling you it smells really good in here and, and i gotta tell you this was organic I sat down, as you can see, my expert background situation, which is uh, perfect as for always. I, I moved the camera around. I got, my, I got my, 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 my throw blankie over here. I got some pictures up for you. I got a weird light in the background. This is all going next level, by the way, next Monday. Um, but then I looked to my left, and here it is, Nick. I don't know if you can see that. Is that sandalwood? That is oh yeah, that is the sandalwood and I got it burning. It smells sweet in here. What's up, Kari? We pre practice what we preach here at CHGO Bears. I, I am I am I am flowing, Nick. I am I am I am I am I am I am calm. I am I am everything today. I was at Target the <laughs> other day, Mark, and uh
2: there's those sandalwood candles. I didn't pick it up, but I think the next time it's it's a must have because I mean this is a movement that's yeah, happening I mean- right now, the sandalwood candles.
1: Technically, by the way, this is Sandalwood and Sea, a soy blend Mm. candle, 15 ounces, 423 grams. I'm not playing around here, Nick. This thing is, this thing is, and and by the way, yeah, I can't smell anything. So I don't, I really don't know if it smells (laughs) good in here, if if I'm being honest, but that's all right. Uh, All right, so who's going to join us. We're going to play Ryan Poles' nine-minute media scrum yesterday. There was a ton of stuff. That came out of that, and of course, he's talked with Kevin Warren, and I believe uh, you know George McCaskey's coming up today as well. But but let's uh, as we wait for Hogue here, Nick. We had a little bit of a discussion yesterday about, and by the way, one other thing that I should mention: uh, Greg Bragg's uh, corner, Bijan Robinson, when he was at the podium back down in Indy. So we're gonna play a little bit of that just to get into it here, but. So one thing that kind of stood out to yesterday's conversation as I was going back through the show uh was was best player available and whether Ryan Poles would actually draft quote unquote the best player available. And I think the sexy name around that is Bijan Robinson. Like mm-hmm. if you want Saquon Barkley people are saying then you then you're drafting Bijan. And Saquon Highest running back drafted of recent note, two overall. I went and did a little bit of a research dive on like, you know, if you draft running backs high, like who are your standard, who are who are the pro who are the who are the Pro Bowl running backs from last year, right? And so you had two, two of them who were drafted in the first round. Saquon being one number two overall. Um and then you had a ton of second rounders. The other first rounder was Josh Jacobs, 24 overall mm-hmm. out of Alabama. But then all these, the other Pro Bowl running backs, Nick Chubb, 35th in the second round. Derek Henry, 45th in the second round. Miles Sanders, 53rd in the second round. Um, and then even if you go back to last year, Joe Mixon, second rounder, 48th. Jonathan Taylor, second rounder, 41st. So. And then you've got Tony Pollard, who was a fourth round pick 128 overall. So I find it a little bit interesting. They they're not getting these Pro Bowl running backs. They ain't getting drafted in the seventh round. Uh, Although Pacheco was incredible this year Mm -hmm. and and will be a pro bowler down the line, but they're not, they're not going in the, if you look at the bulk of them right now, they're not going necessarily in the first round, but they're, you know, we're talking top 60 picks here. Um, So. I don't know what we, can, what we can take from that. Whether the Bears would actually be so bold as to do something as to draft Bijan, but anybody who puts on the tape on Bijan, you are going to be excited. He is elusive. He is he is tough to handle. Um, he would be extremely exciting to watch on a weekly basis. Now, he might be getting tackled three yards behind the line because you know we're not exactly perfect up front. But I, I'm just I'm just trying to you know. Would polls actually do quote unquote best player available? Not then we could take we can look at cornerbacks too. Yeah, Mark, and that's
2: that's a really good question because I was watching Tyree Wilson's film against Texas, and B. John Robinson kept popping off, and I'm like, man, this guy, he's he's a special running back. And obviously the Bears situation at running back, you you've got you go sign Deontay Foreman, you have Cleo Herbert, and you have some young guys too, but that is a guy that immediately upgrades that position but for me and how i i'm kind of viewing this situation for the bears they're staying at 9 and Bijan Robinson is available and let's say let's put Devin Witherspoon also in this this discussion because he's probably arguably the best cornerback in this draft Bijan Robinson the best running back in this draft personally for me and what the bears how this would i think benefit the team i'm I, i'd go with Devin Witherspoon uh, to add to the Bears defense, I just don't know the the future of Jalen Johnson, whether or not he gets extender or not. But like B. John Robinson, Justin Fields in that backfield would be so enticing. But for me, I don't know if I take a running back at nine. I can't I can't see myself doing it. And for Ryan, But the question is, would Ryan Poles do it for best player available? I think he'd consider it, Mark, but I don't think he does it.
1: Well, he's yeah. He's, I think he's considering everything because he's Ryan Poles and he's our leader and he's going to take us to the promised land and the Bears are going to win the Super Bowl and we're all going to have a party here at CHGO Bears. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking, I'm looking at the chat and, um, you know Gary Ross, our 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 uh our, our chat leader. Let's give him that. Let's give him that title today because uh, Gary's most consistent dude ever. Uh, Jackson Smith Jigbo and or uh, uh what do you say? A tackle. A tackle. But so if they went with Jackson, Smith and Jigba, that would be, at least in my mind, the way I'm defining best player available. And let me actually let me let me go further and define it. Best player available. That means uh, somebody who is a playmaker. That that's Mm -hmm. that's how I'm defining it. Uh, You know, maybe you could look at and say like, uh, you know, this playmaker could be somebody who gets to the quarterback. But uh, but I'll, I'll include that cornerback sort of takeaway playmaker, but hopefully, you know, Mm -hmm. the bears are going to be looking at dudes who are going to be able to get interceptions and and be a little bit more dynamic at that position than what they have already. So I would include that too, but I would obviously take, I would not include if they draft an offensive lineman to me, that means you're drafting for need. I would highly doubt that if they take Paris Johnson Jr, which would I be completely fine with and or Peter Skaransky, um, and or broderick jones but to me that 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 means you're more drafting for need more than anything else does that make sense
2: it does mark but like a guy like pierce karanski like how we've kind of talked about him maybe the safe one of the safest picks in the draft because you could move him into guard and he's going to be a consistent player for you it's just it's i think when we think about best player two it's it's for the specific team that's drafting them right and like B. John Robinson may not be the best player for another team, right? Because, again, it may be a scheme fit or whatever it might be. But I think Ryan Poles needs to be careful about this too because this is, you know, the season where you want to see a lot out of Justin Fields. And I get if you maybe draft like Paris Johnson Jr., Pierce Carrasco, Broderick Jones, and they're not, quote-unquote, the best player at nine, that still is an immediate help for Justin Fields, though. So it's it's I mean if you're an NFL GM like the the process you have to go through to actually make this pick or to make picks in the first round is fascinating because of all the different variables but that's kind of where I'm leaning that's where I think polls is going to end up going because you're still getting a very good player who's going to make an impact for this team if you're sticking with any three of those offensive linemen at 9 but yeah um Again, I think it's even polarizing in the chat too. Like Bijan Robinson at ten, some people are for it, some people are against it, and you know, I think that we we have a couple more weeks until uh, polls is actually on, or when the the Bears actually make that pick around the clock. Uh,
1: I'm just here. Uh, listen, I'm with you. I think I think they're going well. I think they will draft a lineman, offensive mm-hmm. and or defensive lineman, and polls. We'll play this interview. I thought there was a lot of breadcrumbs that he left in this interview. He, uh, and there was an interesting part about Chicago too, which we clipped. And I got to shout out my guy, Matthew Gregory, who just put in the chat that there is a diehard happy hour tonight, which damn right there is eight o'clock tonight. Uh, So we expect to see every single person there. If you're not there, we're going to hunt you down. Um, And you do have to be a diehard to do it. So level up your fandom, as we say, go to Allchgo.com become a diehard. It's uh, huge support for us. If you like what we're doing here, uh, we greatly appreciate you being uh, with us on the diehard level. And of course, we give back to you for that. You get the free tea. You get twenty percent off merchandise. You get the exclusive content that we don't provide everywhere. Uh, you get all of our. You get discounts on all of our takeovers. We try to show you how much we appreciate you even more uh, when we go to the diehard level. And tonight we'll be hanging out, taking questions talking about whatever should be a ton of fun. Um, and I'm getting word by the way that uh, Hogue's going to join us in a minute. And I'd also like to um, tell you Nick, before Hogue gets here that uh, uh, I jumped on a Greg Bragg's spaces last night. And, and I, That's I, too I, funny. I was going to jump in there. I was
2: in bed and I'm like, okay, I see Mark and Greg in here. I don't you know where this conversation is going to go.
1: So I, mean, I stayed out, <laughs> but I think the next late night spaces I have to jump in there. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. To be honest with you, It was a disturbing experience because uh, it's like Brags and four of his friends, but um, it was an experience. Uh, I'll just say it like <laughs> that. <laughs> so, so, so my my guy's on my mind, and he'll uh, brag's on the show tomorrow, and he'll be there tonight. Uh, let's get a couple super chats in here as we wait for good old Sir Hogue to pop on in. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jay Toasty, good morning to you. Good afternoon, wherever you are, $1.99. Bijan, when we already lead the league in rushing, nah. Jay Toasty, let me ask you a question, Jay Toasty. Let me ask you a question, Nick. Um, Do you really think we have enough offensive weapons right now? Do you really think we have the firepower? How sweet would it be to watch some dude out there that, like... Let me, let me, let me give you, let me give you a quick little stat that excited me today when I was doing my B. John Robinson, you know, basically uh, dream not going to happen, but maybe it'll happen. Most in the FBS enforce miss tackles the most. This dude, this dude makes dudes miss. Let's think about you on a Sunday, just sitting there toasty. Hanging out with a toasty, having a couple of cockies, or maybe just going straight OJ. It doesn't matter. And this dude's just making everybody miss all over the field. How are you gonna feel when that's going on? Oh, how about how about how about how about Justin? Little RPO. We got, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fake it DeBijon, going to Bijan. He's gonna keep it. No, he's gonna. I mean that, that that excites me. And I'm not as down on the offensive line. We just need a right tackle. So find a right tackle. Let's go. I it doesn't it doesn't have to be at 9 remember we got our left tackle on the fifth round last year let's take a couple of swings somebody elevates we put him at right tackle we got Bijan kicking ass we traded down by the way from 9 to 18 we drafted him at 18 we got we got another first round pick out of it 18 doesn't make sense because that's the Lions and people are I saw Jalen Carter speculated to go there but wouldn't that didn't I just paint a more exciting a picture than just drafting an offensive lineman right there I think I did
2: You paint an exciting and, you know, enticing picture. I'll look at it, marvel at it for a little bit, Mark. But then I'm like, man, can I get a running back that can do, not maybe not to the level of B. John Robinson, but some exciting things in the third or that second round that you were mentioning where some of the other running backs that have been successful later on the draft. And, you know, I think that's, see, that's the other thing, positional value. So as Ryan Poles is weighing best player available and positional value Bijan John Robinson is probably lower on one end with a positional value, but higher on that end. So it's a fascinating game, but um, it is an enticing and look-worthy picture. But I'm also wondering, what, what can I paint and what can I see later on in this draft that can also give me some pretty good results, like we've seen from some of these other running backs in the league?
1: All right. Let, on that note, let's bring in our guy from the desert. He's hanging out on top of mountains. He's hanging out with Ryan Poles. He's hanging out with George McCaskey. He's hanging out with Kevin Warren. He's hanging out with Patrick Finley. He's Adam Hogue. What's yeah, up, mostly
3: buddy? Mostly Pat. Mostly Pat Finley. <laughs> that's if for being honest, that's unfortunate. Yeah, or, or an Adam Johns. Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a f- there was a funny moment this morning though, where uh, somebody Flus got done talking and his breakfast and got him walked away but Larry was still sitting there in a bear shirt and so someone walked up and asked Larry a question thinking Larry Mayer was the head coach of the Bears
1: <laughs> oh, Larry, it was great hey I'm, yeah. I'm on team Larry I've been I've been on board for this run for a month now I would, <laughs> I would love team Larry to be the head coach of, of the Chicago Bears by the way uh, I should have sent this to you Sarah and I don't know if you can find it uh, on the fly here but it doesn't matter the picture of all the coaches Hogue yes and the flus with that, with those, with the, with the chest. Yes. Yes. The, the flus is like, what is, what is the flus benching three, ninety twenty five 25 times an hour. Dude's huge. The flus has got the floose is the fluce is flexing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to, that's on my to-do. It did not come up today in the breakfast, but it is on my to-do list before I get out of here to, to, you know, figure out how, what's the daily routine. How many pushups mm-hmm. are we talking here? Um, you know, because I, too, could use a, you know, a, a little muscle on my frame. So I, I want to get some advice from the coach.
2: Well, Mark, I mean, he wasn't even flexing. That's a thing. He was no, just standing. standing there
3: with a nice, tight, you know, kind of tight
1: shirt. You can, I mean, tight shirt and medium. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I, we can we probably was meeting up. But the, the way that thing was 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 showing out. I mean, it could have even been a large with the flus big time flus. I love this guy. Uh, all right. Uh, there, there's polls. Um, there's a picture of polls where I, I, Sarah, I'm going to hook you up w- with, with the fluce photo. It's, it's, it's out there somewhere in, in Twitter land. Maybe Hogue, did you put it, did you put it on your Twitter, Adam Hogue? Is it out there? On no, I have not. I have h- not. I can find it, it, but... h- give a crop, a pick and send it to Sarah and Nick. We got it. I mean, that people have seen it, but I just, just, just crop it and make it look good. what, what else did you learn from fluce what up, what else have you learned today, Adam? Yeah, no. Um,
3: we got 30 minutes with the head coach, um, you know, in our kind of a round table setting. It's always kind of a nice con- conversation at the, uh, it's cause it's longer than usual and a little bit more comfortable than usual than a press conference would usually be. Um, as you can imagine, I mean, Matt, Mattie doesn't give up a whole lot, but there were a couple of nuggets I tweeted out already um, that I found interesting. I mean, one is one is like, yeah, we're going to work on the passing game more this year. Good idea. I like that. Yeah. It's like, but, but, you know, it was, it, it was set in a way that like, you know, last year we, we focused a lot on, on the rushing game. It worked out. Uh, it feels like the bears have that part nailed down. And and now they really got to take the passing game to the next level, which they're, they're working on with bringing in a guy like DJ Moore, but also just to hear, you know, flu say, yeah, we're, you know, seven on sevens might be longer. In, in practice this year, because we're we're going to put a little bit more emphasis on making sure that, because remember one one of the things you hear him say a lot is time on task, right? So mm-hmm. you got to put the time in to, to to get better. So I thought that that was a one interesting nugget that came from Matt Ibrflus this morning.
2: So Adam, as we were kind of we we were talking about when Tremaine Edmonds signed and T.J. Edwards, who's going to play Mike? Who's going to play Will? We got the definitive answer from Ibrflus that Tremaine Edmonds is going to play the Mike. No surprise there, but it, what, what was his kind of explanation that he had for putting Tremaine Edmonds in that position?
3: Yeah, it, it's interesting because, and I think I think both Flus and Polls have been. Um, we, we've learned this about them they they're not necessarily, especially in Polls' case, not a, not afraid to be transparent about some things, but they also like to keep things open ended. So even when Flues gave that answer this morning, it was like, well, you know, we're not going to completely set the depth chart with who's playing where like it's permanent like this is what we're doing week one but then he went into shermaine edmonds has been a mike linebacker and that's where we like him that's where we think he's going to be because uh and the biggest thing really is the size and the length at that position and his coverage ability you just add all that up we know he's a good coverage linebacker we know he's a big dude we know that he's freaky athletic and he's got really long arms so you all you add all that up and it does bring back some some thoughts uh of when there was a guy named brian Erlacher that was in the middle of this this same exact scheme covering as much ground as he could um now i don't think it's fair to put those types of expectations on him because i do think that where Edmonds has to get better is when he's playing more downhill. Uh, He can get kind of lost in traffic closer to the line of scrimmage where, you know, Erlacher was always really good at finding those places and really being able to do everything. Right. So, but specifically when it comes to coverage and his size and his length, that's why they like Tremaine Edmonds um, where, where we all think, where we all think he's going to at least start Injuries could dictate other things, right? But I, I, I still, you know, I've been reporting this for weeks now. Um, it, 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 they will when they line up at practice. The f- first OTAs, you can expect it to be Tremaine Edmonds in the middle, T.J. Edwards at the will, and Jack Sanborn, uh, the Sand God, at at, uh, at the Sam linebacker.
1: San God, uh, reminding you of an open invitation to come on the show, and I'm going to be reaching out to San God Central to get you on here because it's something that we just got to make happen. Uh, did he? Did anybody ask Fluce Adam, if he had any influence in bringing Tremaine here? Because I, I think you know, that just seemed like something that in in, in logical following the breadcrumbs, the Fluce must have at least some impact in, in requesting the Edmonds.
3: Well, well, so it's one thing I wanted to to talk about, too, is one of my big takeaways just from the last 24 hours or so, even hearing polls talk about Flus' scouting ability. I think I brought this up with you guys Mm -hmm. yesterday, too. And and it's just it's very evident that Flus is involved with everything. I mean, he and one other nugget I thought was fascinating was he said right now, because the coaches are still working, like they still work year round. They get a couple weeks off here and there to go on vacation and stuff. But really in the NFL, they're they're working on scheme they're working on improvements they're working on coaching things to plan for next season they're looking at their opponents so right now the schedule is like they come in in the morning they work on football right they work on scheme they work on things that they're going to coach up and what they can get better at in the afternoon they transition to scouting the whole coaching staff you know so they're looking at free agents they're looking at college prospects they're putting a lot of work into that side of things as well and you can tell that that really matters to flu so and, and the amount of work he, he puts, you know, even when I brought up David M- Montgomery, which we can get into in a couple of minutes here too. Like, he's like, yeah, I was in all those meetings, um, you know, all those conversations, you know, he's involved with everything. And when it comes with Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds specifically, he said, he talked to Leslie Frazier, who of course coached him uh, coach Edmonds mm-hmm. in, in Buffalo. Um, and, and I just think that they targeted for all the things I was just talking about size, length, price, ability, you know, in, in I think we all kind of got a, maybe a little bit too caught up in focusing on the wheel linebacker spot is and it is an important spot in the defense. But, you know, this city knows better than anyone what a truly big, dynamic, long middle linebacker can do within the same defensive scheme, too. And I think that that's ultimately what led to the move.
1: Nick go ahead here. I just want to just underline one thing here. Yeah. Uh, for me just listening to all this back it 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 makes me trust polls and what he says even more because yeah. he said he said that he like that he was a big Roquan guy and it, by going out and getting Edmonds, well it, it fits in that he probably that he was and that he likes that position mm-hmm. and that he likes good players but it just didn't work out as far as you know contract and trade and everything the way it, and the same thing with with Montgomery I, 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 there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth coming out of the mouth of, of Ryan Poles is what I'm getting. Go ahead, Nick.
2: Yeah. Real quick, Adam. Um, o line talk. Would it, was there anything that Maddie reflux said today about Braxton Jones or any of the, the, the kind of the situation with the offensive line at this state?
3: Yeah. So, you know, just working left to right. Um, he, he seems open to the idea of Braxton Jones moving to the right side. Um, I, I don't, I don't get the sense though, from, from anyone in the organization that that's something they want to do. So it's, it's, it's something they're open to doing if they get the right player. So, you know, I don't know what their draft board looks like, but if they draft a Paris Johnson, I think it would stand to reason that you would move Braxton over to the right side. If they draft Peter Skaronsky, I think it would probably in that situation, because I, 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 we've, we've seen and heard a lot about how arm length does matter uh, to this organization. If they were going to draft Peter Skoronsky, my guess is he's either going to start at right tackle or move inside to guard right away. Um, so I, I don't necessarily get the sense that it's something they want to do, moving Braxton to, to the right side. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's the right move either. I mean, the, mm-hmm. we saw him go through rookie adjustments last year and have success, but I think it's best for his development to keep him in the same spot instead of having the, to, to you know learn everything the opposite way on the right side. So that's something to watch. But I do think if they get the right player, and we've already seen them with the linebackers, right? If the right player is there, Yep. they're going to draft the good player and figure it out on their depth chart afterwards, which I think is a great approach. I think, I think you want good football players. First and foremost, you figure out the depth chart later. And if they're good football players is they'll adjust and they'll adapt just fine. Um, the other n- interesting thing is, I, you know, I, I think in signing Nate Davis, there was uh foos talked about how, remember he was in the same division as the Titans before. And so he talked about like, that was a guy and he's the defensive coordinator back then for the Colts. So, hmm. you know, When they play the Titans twice a year, they're scheming against these guys. They're trying to figure out, hey, how do we get DeForest Buckner the right matchup? And It's obvious that they had a lot of respect for Nate Davis when he was in Indy and in those games going up against them. So I think that that was a big reason why Nate Davis is now a Chicago pair. My expectation there is he's at right guard. They're not going to move him. He's played his entire career at right guard. I think he stays there, and I think the adjustment will be for Tevin Jenkins to move over to left guard.
1: That's super interesting, and I'd like to give myself a loaf on not connecting the dots to that the floose had schemed against Nate Davis and had respect for Nate Davis and that he was very involved in the Nate Davis thing because it did sort of come out of nowhere. That signing—at least that's what it felt like at the time—that oh, they're signing a guard. They're signing a guard that plays Tevin's position. So there had to be mm-hmm. something behind the scenes there, and that—that that makes a whole lot of sense when you follow those breadcrumbs. Um, by the way, Hogue—I don't know if you've seen this. I, actually, I know you haven't seen this because you just joined the show. But I'm seeing it in the chat. I, I am sitting at home here today as we're—you know—we got a little construction going on in the office, and mm-hmm. this—I oh, got, got some san- sandalwood going. I, I got some sandalwood, baby. We're—we're—we're—we're—we're. <laughs> we're, 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 we're 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 living well. Uh, all right, so let me get this straight here. Would you say, just being around these dudes, if you can sort of rewind back, that they seem just way more comfortable in their not necessarily in their skin, but just like with the job and where they're going? Like, I don't know, i'm I'm watching your video of polls yesterday, and we talked to him too. He just seems like, I don't know, settled, like they're they're yeah. grounded. They they believe in themselves, all that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that um there's first of all polls has a sense of confidence. That I think existed last year, but he's coming out of his shell a little bit more uh certainly in you, just the way he's explaining things, right? Um but also just how how he handled the whole that was a lot of pressure. I mean, to, to get thrown into having the first pick and basically making the decision, I think they made the decision relatively early that they were going to move it. Um, and th- one thing that kind of came out of Flues today is that it, it was on their mind to do exactly what they did, which was trade it early, trade it before free agency. Um, and, and so they had on their board at Hallis Hall every team that was interested which players they might have available to if they could work a player into the deal which they ultimately did with dj Moore. so this was very structured and talked about and it's just the whole process of everything that they do seems to be methodical and done a certain way that they all believe in like they really do seem to be on the same page with it and um you know, poll, polls will also tell you he's not going to get them all right. Like there's going to be there's going to be mm-hmm. trades that that don't work. There's going to be signings that don't work. Um, but I think as long as you have that type of confidence and uh, believe in in the way of how you're doing it, that it's probably going to lead to better results more times than not. And it does seem like they're really on the same page here going into year two with, with how they're, you know, going through each one of these big decisions. And there's been some big ones uh, without a doubt. Uh, As I've said many times, the easy part was last year. Tearing the roster down was easy. That, I mean, no offense, any anything they did, but anybody could have done that. Um, Any GM in the league could have done that part. Now it's the hard part and, we'll we'll see how it all plays out obviously but it does seem like there's a lot of confidence in the way that they're going about these tough decisions in the last couple of months adam i'm just
2: thinking about last year at this time ryan poles was telling you guys like the larry Ogan thing how difficult that was at the last owners meetings and kind of speaking to like the comfortability now he has going into year two it's just a completely different vibe um
3: but what, what's next on your schedule adam what do you got uh what's what's next for you and what you got to do Well, we got uh, George McCaskey uh, later today. Whenever the meetings are over, we'll be talking to him. Um, And uh, I guess I'll plug it for uh, the Hogan Johns crowd. crowd, But uh, Matt Iberflus will be sitting down with us as he did last year at the owners meeting. So uh, we're supposed to be doing that here in a little bit. And, um, you know, maybe I'll dig into, you know, the push up routine and and we'll get some answers there for everybody because that's what everybody wants to know.
1: Can we see that pick, Sarah? Let's just look at this. Cause uh, look at it. Th- I mean, I mean, look at that dude. Seriously, is I mean, why don't we put? Who thinks that fluce can play right tackles? Look at that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't linebacker. mess with that. Sure. I mean, I would not mess with that dude. Look at this guy. Fluce, 5 a.m. Baby, I got you. I see what you're doing, Fluce. Dude's dude's doing meetings all day. He's scheming offense. He's scheming defense. He's scouting. He's lifting. He's probably he probably lifts between each scout. I I
3: mean, I tweeted a picture too from breakfast this morning. He, he had another shirt that was uh you know, show, showing showing the guns off. Good for him. When you got it you you just got to do it. I mean, yeah. That's
1: why I have this loose polo on. <laughs> I, I ordered a bunch of stuff from the CHGO locker yesterday. And one, one of our, one of my guys that I'm, I'm setting up, I'm like, what size? He's like, he's like medium, dude. Are you kidding? I got to look big. I, so <laughs> we, we got people who love this show who I want to hook up that, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're living the flu's life too. All right, I'm assuming you got to get somewhere, Hoag. So appreciate you. And, uh, just know that you'll never have a better background than you have right now. You, no, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's like, you're, you're like I a postcard. To... I, I, yeah, I feel
3: like one right now. I, I tried to set it up for you guys. There were a couple other options that was just like a concrete wall behind me. I'm like, no, nah, we gotta, if, if, I mean, if we're on the road here, we gotta show it off.
1: I mean, Hollywood Hogue is, is just straight. In, it, I mean, this is it right here. This is the picture. <laughs> this should be your Twitter. Uh, I mean, we got palm trees to, there it is. There it is. Boom. There Palm go. trees Shady to the left, rays. palm trees to the right. Thank you, Shady Rays. We love you. All right, great stuff. We look forward to, uh, your interview with the Flus, maybe we'll, you know, uh, whatever. We'll play a couple of the bits of that audio and, and everybody listen to Hogan Johns too. So enjoy, brother. Tell fluce I All say right. hello. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah,
3: more coming from George McCaskey later in the day. And then, uh, you know, I'll see you guys when I get back home.
1: All right, Adam. Done and done. Done and done. Uh, Matthew Gregory, we are working on a carm shirt. At least I am in my mind. I, I, I don't I've not... <laughs> I don't know if I have upper management support on this, but um, it is in my dreams that there will be some level of carm uh, memorabilia that will be available at some point in my Matthew needs to career. sneak
2: into the owners meetings there in Phoenix. That's what he needs to do. He needs to go find where everything's happening, just sneak in there and you just That's true.
1: Do, yeah. I, That's true. Do our, it. our CHGO Bears Phoenix brethren who we had a great time hanging out with, they should be they should be making noise out there. Um uh, mm-hmm. hey Nick, why don't you tell people about DraftKings, and I'm going to grab my phone, which I should always have on me that I don't have, and then I'm going to tell you about game time. I got
2: you. If you're watching the podcast here, you can see the little DraftKings logo uh, right above me. But DraftKings, as you all know, is America's top-rated sportsbook. One of the best times, in my opinion, to start placing those bets is during March Madness, so you have to take advantage of all the ways you can bet with DraftKings, and, of course, you can bet on the NBA, MLB, and, hey, if you're into the XFL, you can do that too. But first, what you got to do is download the app now and sign up with the code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, MLB, NFL. And you got to do it with the code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You got to see show notes for details. in my play of the week, and when I saw this, I'm like, Whoa. Really? You're going to give me plus 950 for the Iowa Hawkeyes women's basketball team to win the national championship? I know they're underdogs going into the matchup this Friday, but I already made the bet. I put a $10 bet on the Iowa Hawkeyes to be holding up the championship trophy by the end of this whole March Madness tournament and win it all, going with Caitlin Clark the entire way. So you want to take those odds plus 950? Do it right now on DraftKings.
1: I like it, and you could also, by the way, uh, if you want to bet on the MVP race, uh, you want to mm-hmm. do some MVP action here. Uh, there's there's a guy up in Milwaukee by the name of Giannis Antetokounmpo who's getting oh, five man. to one odds right now, and Embiid's been hurt, and uh, calm tip here, free for you at DraftKings. Embiid's been hurt, and people don't want to vote for Jokic for three straight years, despite the fact that. Uh, you know he's having an unbelievable season, and the, and the Nuggets are to up top of the West five to one on Giannis. I like that play. I like that play a whole a lot. One. I also like the fact that the Lakers are in town tomorrow night. How would you get tickets to that? Well, you would go to Game Time Tickets. Download the Game Time Ticket app, like fifteen million people have done. Uh, you want to support us, of course. You can buy your link, uh, buy your tickets through the link in the description on this fine YouTube video. But uh, game time tickets will put you in the front row, they'll put you in the last row, they'll put you wherever you wanna sit, they give you the beautiful view of the stadium so you can just see and feel exactly where you're gonna be. It was created by fans, for fans. You are living the dream when you go to a game and or concert and or any event uh, via game time tickets. Bulls tickets right now uh, for tomorrow night. Ain't cheap to see LeBron. Not gonna lie, uh, but that's 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 what it is. Uh, cheapest right now is uh, 138 bucks all in uh, to get in the building for Bulls and Lakers tomorrow night. But uh, you know, you want to go, you want to get some baseball going on. We got opening day on Thursday. Going to be a great event out uh, in Wrigleyville. Uh, 11 o'clock. Come out see CHGO Cubs and a bunch of us as well so um and get your tickets at through game time tickets all right can we live in fantasy land for one more second here Nick we can I like fantasyland
2: yeah all let's right. go to fantasyland
1: all right I want to hear from Bijan Robinson with Greg Braggs at the combine I I don't I don't think I've ever seen this video Braggs was kind enough to put in the chat today because Brick by brick, why wouldn't he be paying attention and giving us something to lean into our conversation about Bijan? So here he is with Braggs pushing him. The
0: run game's been... Making somewhat of a comeback last year because teams are just so focused on keeping from a passing attack dominating them. So, for you, how can you take advantage of that and with the defensive fronts you're looking at and and make people pay for not stacking the box against you?
4: Yeah, man. Uh, But, you know, all – all, all in college you know people were stacking the box um, and, and and I feel like that's a sign of respect you know for for your you know competitor uh, but for me you know I, I think that in any defense that comes out I'm trying to I'm trying to dissect it trying to find ways to create you know open holes create lanes for myself no matter what it is eight in the box nine in the box seven in the box uh, you know for me I, I'm just trying to always you know figure out ways to to really like find those creases because, you know, dudes are shooting gaps all the time, making sure I'm not getting inside, inside runs, outside runs. But, you know, I think that, you know, it pays dividend with, with the blocking that I have at Texas. You know, they, they've done a great job of, of creating lanes and creating some space for me to, to really, you know, find an open lane. What would Any you time? like
0: to play alongside Justin Fields and help him, let him help you open some things up?
4: Yeah, so, I mean, Justin, Justin's my guy. Uh, he's, you know, he's a super solid guy, um, you know, and, and, you know, he's a great quarterback. But if, if it was me and him in the backfield, you know that would be that'll be something special. Uh, I think that he's a he's a special player, and you know just everything that he that he goes about you know about his business and everything. I, you know it'll it, it be pretty fun have to. Have you ever met him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and him at a um, well for my NIL agent David. You know he had, that's his agent as well. So we always seen each other in the summer and always, you know just just worked on you know worked on some things with each other. But you know he's a, he's a great guy. have uh, you met?
1: That is the official Greg Bragg's playbook. Do you know Justin? Do you love him? Will you play with him? I love you. And I'm going to sound out of breath.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, he gives the Bears fans what he wants, right? Bears fans want to know what would it be like playing with Justin Fields? Um, He went a little quick with that, that last question there, kind of stopping Bijan in his tracks there. Have you ever met him? So, but Hey, good. You know, Greg, Greg was uh, asking a bunch of questions that, that week during the combine.
1: That, that, and most of them were of something to do with Justin Fields. They, Braggs did a phenomenal job. Braggs always does a mm-hmm. phenomenal job. We love you, Greg Braggs. Um, even though I don't see you in the chat today, you're not watching the show. You're probably working and doing real things, but uh, I don't know. Let's, I'm, this the whole point of this three minutes in, in, in podcast time is to uh, live in the in fantasy land. He knows him. He's got the same age as him. He, he, it, would, it sounds to me like, you know, hey, bring it all on. Give me every challenge possible. I'm going to conquer it. I'm Bijan Robinson. Let's, let's, you know, you can, you can go into, I mean, just, 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 Strengths, three down back with exceptional talent in all phases. Owns a variety of footwork tools, after pace, direction, and power. Feet are fast, fully connected with his vision for optimal results. Resets run track with sudden jump cuts against penetration. Runs low to the ground, possesses rare contact balance. Ability to stack moves adds a level of unpredictability to his carry. to his carries. I mean, on and on. Soft hands and a nightmare to deal with on wheel routes. Dude, does that sound good to anybody? A nightmare to deal with on real routes. I, I mean, I'm, I, I just, I, I'm, 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 I, I like fun players, man. And this, this dude will be straight fun. Trade back, Bijan, home run.
2: Let's go. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna be a hell of a football player at the next level, Mark. And you know, if uh, I made a bet on DraftKings, uh, that the. The Philadelphia Eagles will take him at 10. So let's make that happen. So I win my bet, and that just me. Look, they lose Miles Sanders and then go get a guy like that. But, yeah, he's going to be really good. He makes an offense better. And if you have an elite offensive line, or even if you don't, like he can compensate for, you know, rushers getting in the rushing lanes like he was talking about when you have a stacked box. Special player, very special player. So he's going he's gonna to make some things happen regardless of the situation he's in at the next
1: level. So Miles Sanders, by the way, got a four-year, $25 million contract, 13 guaranteed, right? The uh, David Montgomery, who's not on that level, got six guaranteed. You had Saquon Barkley um, get franchise tagged by the New York Giants, willing to pay him over $10 million a year. You had the same thing happen with Tony Pollard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my point being is that it ain't like teams are not willing to pay for running backs. I know the position has been diminished some, and I see it, it, there's, it's a very popular take, and it's been in the chat today um, that, you know, draft them later, dime a dozen. They're, they're not a dime a dozen, dude. The, the, the elite level dudes are not a dime a dozen. And, you know, when you look at the research of Pro Bowl players, they're getting picked in the top 60. This would be a little high, but you are not taking a number two overall here, and in my dream scenario, you're trading back and you're getting them, and then we're dancing with who brung you. We're drafting, we're drafting linemen with our three next picks. Maybe another. Maybe you have. Maybe you. Maybe you're trading back and you're pu- pulling another second round out of there. I don't know. There's a lot of ways this thing could go. But I'm. You know what myself.
2: I'm noticing though, Mark. Yeah, go ahead. Just, just from. Um you know, being around you this entire, like, the draft crushes. Mar- Carm's draft crushes. It starts <laughs> with Bryce Young, yep. Anthony Richardson. Yep. Now yep. we're on the B genre. So, you know, and, and I I've, I feel like this whole entire just draft process, too, I think we as fans, us too, like, initially early on in this process, it was, like, all Jalen Carter before everything happened, right? Then you're going into possibly Jackson Smith and Jigba before they get DJ Moore. And then you're going into tackles as we keep going through this draft process until it officially gets here April 27th, we're just going to keep going through different phases. Right now you're in your B. John Robinson phase. I'm looking forward to next week. Where, where's Mark going to be at? Where are we going to be at for who the bears can take in number nine? But I think that's what the fascinating thing is about the draft. Like there's, there's waves of it that happen every single week, every single year. And it's just fun to kind of go back and see where you started where you
1: end up at. Yeah, I'm in the moment here, Nick. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I know that, you know, you're doing multiple uh, mock drafts. is probably changing your mind around too, but, uh, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, dudes with the ball in their hands is more fun than, you know, I, I, I get it. You went up front and then, and then I got it. I got it. I got it. But, you know, as a five foot 10, a hundred and, in my dreams, perfectly 72 pounds flying around the, the hoop court, not un, uncoverable uh, in the slot and or out wide, playing amazing tennis. I like dudes who, uh, you know, do the skill things. So mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, me and Bijan are, are similar in that. Like I, I was very elusive when I was in yeah. my flag football prime and I see the same thing with Bijan. So that's why I want them to, you know, do something along those lines. Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, I, I, I see, I see comparisons between myself and him too. Um, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that dude is nasty. I, I, I can live with that. I, but I, you know, I, I don't know what it's like to be a Paris Johnson Jr. I can't relate to a Peter no. Skaransky. Yeah. That's not my game. So, you know, I get you know, that. It, I get it all, that. it all plays in a uh, couple more super chats. And then I want to get to, um, uh, to, 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 uh, uh let's see I want to get to our um our uh our, our guy Ryan Poles from yesterday um Oscar no offensive tackle 10 bucks this year are worth the ninth pick these guys are not uh Slater and Darashaw they it has to be Gonzalez or Jackson Smith and Jigba Christian Gonzalez then is interesting out of Oregon I and, and I Oscar, we're gonna we're gonna bookmark this this super chat because it'll, you know we'll we'll see if the if the Bears trade out a nine, where a lot of people think they can they can have their pick of the best offensive tackle. Where exactly will that first pick go? Who takes them? It's an interesting it's it's an interesting question as to how high up the rest of the world is looking at this, which also plays into the best player available thing, you know, so. Yeah. And I don't know about like, I don't know if any of those tackles are not worth the ninth
2: pick. Obviously. I mean, a lot, no, no prospect is perfect, right? You're going to find your flaws with every single one of these guys. But I think if, you know, the bears were to use their ninth pick on any three of the tackles that are in contention to go that high with Pierce Karansky, Paris Johnson, Jr. Broderick Jones, you see why, you see why the bears would make that decision even outside of like need, but just the physical talent what they're able to do and what you project them to do at the next level. So I don't know if I quite agree with that, but they're definitely each one of the guys has their flaws. And, you know, that's what NFL coaching for to hopefully correct those things at, at the next level. Um, we have a super chat from twan 89. What are your thoughts? If polls trades down from number nine, do they get a difference maker player or someone who's just a guy? Well, I think you would, you, you would hope it's a difference maker player, even if they were to trade down from nine, there's, uh, I think, a good group of players they can still select. Even, let's say they're still in the top 15. Like, I, if they were to trade back, I still think you would get a, a day one starter out of, out of a group of guys. Especially, and of course, we'll see what the who goes, how many rushes are available, how many tackles are available. But I don't think they just get a, a guy. I think they get a, a, you know, an impact day one starter. Even if they were to trade back out of nine.
1: Yeah, that 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 makes sense. And uh, last one from our guy Michael, is it Renouf? How do we say this, Renoir? Oh, that, that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of that way, but it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all my old movie buffs. There, can I come over and see your Renoir? If you can name that movie you put that in the chat if you get it right what movie that is i will i will hook you up with some chgo uh bears gear creator of the sand god name here sandborn equals god all right michael if you say you created it i'm not gonna fight with you because you're you're paying you're supporting appreciate you you you, you got it um uh, you want to see my renoir you're inviting me to you're inviting me to your bedroom um oh. yeah, yeah 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 it's good stuff there uh Nick. Renouf.
2: It says Doug Van from Doug Van Dorn. It I'd pronounce it
1: Renouf. It's probably Renouf. It feels Renouf. like a Renouf. I got okay. it. All right, Renouf it is. And 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 no one is getting my movie reference, which is kind of <laughs> slightly upsetting, but I'll get, I'll get over it. Don't worry about it. You know I, I'm just you know respecting. I'll even give you the era. I'll, I'm respecting the '80s and Wisdom. everything that. Yeah, just, just, just all, all the beauty that went on in that decade. Uh, hey, a reminder, you yes, you should uh, get, you know, get yourself some CHGO gear, but if you're not doing that and you're looking for the best in all sorts of things, from gadgets to trinkets to anything you need in the beautiful world, we've got you covered with your favorite teams, and the way to do it is FOCO, F-O-C-O, Soldier Field, to the living room, north side, south side, and you know, the hoodies, the slippers, the signs, the bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like my guy, Damar. It's going to crush the Lakers tomorrow night. It's the perfect gift for the football fan in your life. FOCO has you covered. Check out FOCO.com, or you can click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. You can pre- use that promo code C H G O. For 10% off. Foco, we appreciate you. And there you go. Uh scan it right now. Foco USA. Appreciate you guys over at Foco. Nick. Yo. Tell me about what's going on again tonight. For those who Ooh, are just joining. You, you didn't hear. If you
2: didn't hear, like we're having an awesome event for our diehards. We're doing our, our virtual happy hour. And you know, I think I'll just say it right now. I think we thought it would be a cool idea. For our happy hour uh, guests, if we just did a live mock draft within the happy hour, we're talking about these mock drafts, we're talking about all these players. If you're a part of our diehard community, we're going we're to draft the Bears a perfect squad that when they go into the 2023 season, they're just going to dominate. So that's going to be a part of what we do, but we're going to hang out and we're just going to have a good time, have a good time talking football, talking life, whatever comes up in our diehard happy hour that's, that's what's going to be happening tonight at eight o'clock. But again, to be a part of that, you do have to be a diehard. So once you get done watching, you know, what we're, we're, we're talking about here on the CHGO Bears podcast, go to allchco.com on the fourth tab there. You'll see our diehard section. You could sign up there, then become a part of all the cool stuff that we're doing there. And you get, again, discounts to shirts. You get all the exclusive content that's behind, you know, that becomes uh, with, with being a diehard. So, so many great perks. And again, we're having a happy hour tonight at 8 o'clock. You've got plenty of time to sign up and come hang out with us later tonight.
1: Absolutely. And congratulations to Brassosaurus Rex, who was the first one in the chat with the Terms of Endearment. He got it. Um, it's not the most uplifting movie. I'm not going to lie to you. There is, there, if you're, but if you are looking for a calm recommendation in the drama world, Terms of Endearment, if you're looking to, you know, feel your emotions that perhaps you haven't felt, Anytime, you know, recently, if you want to cry about the three and 14 bears, but you haven't been able to do it, want to get it out in terms of endearment, we'll get you there. Uh, Brassosaurus Rex, hit me up on Twitter. Good all at the car. I'm going to take care of you. And I, I see uh, John Clark, you were second. SW Outlander, JE, you were third. Levante Rogers, you were fourth. So can, I, we appreciate somebody getting a car movie reference out there. Thank you so much. Yeah, because I do,
2: I wasn't going to get a Mark. Let's, let's be completely honest here. That's why we have our amazing chat here that, you know, digs deep into however long ago. That,
1: you're you're like a dodgeball guy, Nick. You love uh, yeah, what's your yeah. what's, what's your favorite movie of all time? Give me a Ooh. give me a top three. doesn't have to be favorite. That, let's not put pressure on it. Give me a top five. Uh, top five. OK, so I'm a big Marvel guy. So anything with Marvel is going to be on
2: my list. Um... What's your favorite Marvel movie? Iron Man no no not iron man I, I i've always loved spider-man i got the spider-man shoes over here so probably with the tom holland though not not toby mcguire so we're going the, the newest spider-man um man yeah i wish i had better oh you know what? i really love the second top gun like that that's my movie i freaking got some aviators i got them right here that's some <laughs> aviators then I, I i was sporting the mustache look after that because i'm like oh yeah yeah, this is, this is where mean, it's at right you. here. That,
1: that is so you. You are so I mm-hmm. got the leather right jacket,
2: too. So now I just need a plane and need to learn how to fly it. So, yeah.
1: All right, we're, we're coming up on a little bit of time here, but I, I do want to play Ryan Pauls with Hogue and company and and react to that uh, coming back. Cram of Endearment is funny hair bear. Uh, and <laughs> I'm trying to lean into appreciating the fact that I have a new nickname on the show, even though it's mostly a haze. Oh, Usually in the... This is good. Let's hear it. Ryan polls yesterday with the Chicago media.
5: You know, usually in the that first round area, you have multiple tiers in the first round that you're looking at. Um, but I'm confident we can get a good player.
0: When we talked to you a couple of weeks ago, we didn't bring up Justin very much at all. Yep. What was his reaction to the trade in, in just kind of the, um, you know the dance you had to do for six weeks eight weeks yeah. letting him know that he was valued, but also not
5: ruling out anything Yeah, like I mentioned before communication was good with him kind of let letting him know um, But also I, I was honest with you can't completely shut the door either because you just don't know how this thing's gonna play out um, But his reaction I let him know when the trade went down and DJ was coming in uh, I didn't get a response for a while So I said are you sleeping? And, <laughs> and then he actually was he took a nap so he woke up and he was pumped up so I um, you know, he got taken connect with DJ and he's fired up. What could this do for him just
0: having extra weapons? Um, obviously, you gotta fix the blocking part, but goes. Yeah. But be...
5: yeah, it's just another playmaker on the field. Uh, the one thing I really like is we have three different types of receivers. We have a, a guy that's a big body a guy that can play inside, outside. We have Moody who can separate and run vertically and make plays. And then DJ, just a strong physical guy that can separate. Make um, plays after the catch too. So I like how everything's set up, and you throw Cole in the mix too. So he has weapons. Uh, we got to continue to work up front and, and get better there too. What
4: did you like about Deontay Foreman and what he brings?
5: Yeah, I like the style. You know, the style uh, and the scheme. You know, that fits well. Good vision, burst. Um, I love that he can finish runs with with speed. So um, he'll have a good opportunity to help us out. What
4: are did... gamble taking? Is it? Central gamble A guy who was kind of hurt for early part of his career and finally comes
3: together but knowing age wear and tear now bringing him in here is there any sort
5: of gamble with that yeah there's always you know there, there's always risk um, with any player and obviously you look at the background and things that they've had to overcome to get to that point um, but I, I thought the value was good where it kind of rewarded the player for what he has done and, and how he improved um, but it's not at to the point where you know it's going to create a lot of harm. You know, either way, but we feel pretty good about it. What did you learn about David and Khalil working back there together and seeing how maybe Deontay and Khalil yeah. could do something similar? Yeah, I think it's healthy to have you know two back system. You know, guys that can rotate in and out different styles, um, like we've had before. Um, where one will kind of more of a physical downhill guy, and then the other one can pop long runs and be explosive. So uh, we'll continue to do that. Uh, hopefully we have success there. I know you said before the
0: goal was to keep David Montgomery. Yeah. What was there a breakdown in negotiations
5: or anything like that? Yeah, I, I would just kind of sum it up by saying, you know, players do have a choice. Um, I thought we communicated well. I thought we negotiated well. Um, at the same time, you don't always know what's going on in the background, but I thought we we did a good job. We were, we were transparent. We were organized, and it just it didn't happen. I felt like it was. So. Any thoughts on him staying within the division? Yeah, yeah, especially David, right? <laughs> I mean, he definitely is going to run with a chip on his shoulder, yeah. um, so we'll be ready for that. But, you know, I communicate with him too. I'm happy for him. Um, he's a guy I respected since he was at Iowa State and love the way he runs. Um, so it's all good. Ryan, with, with Jalen Carter, how do you describe the complexity of – the process here down the stretch of making sure you guys have the most
0: informed yeah. review going into draft weekend.
5: Yeah, it's a big puzzle. Each each prospect is a big puzzle. Um, you usually take it all the way back to high school how they're recruited, how they handle that. Um, and now you kinda play it through their, their career and you know there's sometimes there's red flags that pop up and you gotta sit down and have discussions with different party organizations to say, does this guy fit what we're trying to do? Uh, you look at the risk, uh, you gotta balance that. And again, for us, especially being so young, we want to make sure we're keeping a, a good culture and maintain this as we go. So um, when we get back here, we'll put it all on the table and, and figure that out. In the past, George would involve himself in well decisions like that where, where mm-hmm. characters in, in
2: question. Is, he, is that still the case with, with, with Jalen Carter, for example?
5: Yeah, that's always well, it's, it's part of my philosophy, too. Yeah. Um, any guys that have um, a little bit more high risk, uh, I sit down like last year I did with, with Ted and George. Yeah. I'll do the same. Um, this upcoming year with Kevin and George, and we'll sit down and I'll, I'll talk about the the history and things that we've learned, and do we think it's worth it or not? But I, I do want um, my owner and, and president to sign off and be on the same page.
0: When uh, you had mentioned that you would have needed to be blown away by the draft prospects, mm-hmm. what did you think of the, the quarterbacks when you did look at them?
5: Yeah, quality uh, players uh, that had some really good moments in college. Um, you know regardless of the year or, or who it is, there's there's going to be pros and cons. There's going to be, you know, holes um, that they got to overcome. And do you have the talent to overcome them? I think these guys do. Um, but I really needed something to, like, take me so far above Justin where, you know, we didn't want to look behind the curtain and see, you know, how this is going to play out. So I uh, feel really good about Justin, still do. Um, I think, you know, these quarterback prospects are going to have good careers too. I was going to say, why do you like your guy better? Yeah, it's just I think having him in the building and seeing the progress that he made his first year, getting familiar with our system. Um, obviously, they're special in the athletic traits we've seen in college. His, his ability, to use his arm too. So uh, I believe when all that comes together, we can have something special. At what
4: point in the process did you make that decision that you weren't going to be blown away by those by
5: those guys? Yeah. Out of the combine or? Uh, th- That was like kind of the last step for us, you know. With this setup that we had where it was you know a little bit earlier than you might have thought when you first started this whole thing um it always starts with the tape we watched a lot of tape we got together as a group at our pre-combine meetings that we have every year and then we sat down and talked to the guys and kind of put it together and, and then looked at you know what the trades you know could bring our organization and what's the best route to take to get better now in the future and we felt like the trade was the right
0: from the trips you guys did go on, did you come away um, with information that give you more excitement, encouragement about what you're ultimately gonna wind up getting?
5: Yeah. Um, you want to be careful though, like the further you get away from tape, you know, the workouts and shorts and all that can sway you a little bit too far. So you kind of want to stay in the same range, but we learned a lot more about the players. Um, a couple of them we met early, got them on the board, talked ball, got, uh, our coordinators, our position coaches with them just to get familiar. Sometimes we just went to dinner to, to feel the person. Um, so we definitely feel better about it now than we did before and I think the cool thing is, um, it's really weird you get this job and you just take off and you run you don't spend a ton of quality time with you know your coordinators and even sometimes even your head coach Um, so the time spent with you know offensive defensive line coaches or coordinators just sitting on the plane at dinner um, that part was cool too just bonding as a group
0: is it by accident that there are four or five kids now from the Chicago area on this team or is there something to it for you
5: no, there's something to it for me. Uh, I think when you have pride of, of your local team that you grew up watching, you knew what you know this club meant to the city, and you saw um, some good times and some good players. I think you're a little bit more motivated to perform at a high level, and um, and also lead because you've seen guys do it at a high level before you. So um, I always like that aspect. I think it just means a little bit more. Yeah, again, it's just it, to me, it's our offensive staff that keeps defenses, you know, on their on their heels, really, because you get two different types. You can roll with two tight ends. Cole's more than capable of running routes and, and, and making plays as well. So, just keeping teams off balance uh, with our personnel groups, that's really going to help us. And again, just to be explosive, make plays down down the, the field.
0: What's your evaluation of offensive tackles that are still there? I mean, free agency. Can any of them help you?
5: Right now, um, you know, when you get to this point of free agency, you know, it drops off. Sellers drop off. Uh, talent, experience drops off. Um, you do have a wave of players, offensive, defensively, that will go through the draft because they kind of want to see how everything settles. Um, so we'll keep an eye on those players. Um, but um, right now, to improve our team, I think we got to look to the draft.
6: Ryan, I'm sure it's case by case. But when guys come in to campus for a 30 visit, what
2: what, what do you hope? to learn about guys during the time you spend with them there?
5: Yeah, personalities. Um, really, you know, we take them out to dinner. We just want to see their, let their guard down and just talk. Sometimes when you go to the combine, they're uptight. They're nervous. It, it's an intimidating setup. Some, we just want them to relax a little bit. Um, you Know the intelligence piece. Not that you can see everything, but get them on the board and just talk more ball, watch film, um, and then see how they move around our organization, too, we, and meet different people. Uh, that helps. And again, it's just part of the puzzle with Matt and the Scotty. So there we go.
1: Ryan polls. I, I, I got my list of things that I took away from it, Nick, but uh, anything that jumps out to you before I go to yield Carm notes here.
2: Yeah. Before we go to the Carm notes, it's not breaking news or anything. The bears have always been this way, but when asked about Jalen Carter and like, you know, players in general that have like maybe character issues or something around them, you want to make sure that it's okay with management, right? Ryan Poles made sure that, um, that needed to be known. And if they're going to make a decision or draft a player, you want to make sure that everyone in the building's okay with it. And again, I don't think that's breaking news, but now as we're kind of evaluating prospects and seeing guys that may have some of these red flags for off the field incident incidents, um, that may be a guy now that just, yes, he may be a really good football player, but it's all these other things that are not going to allow us to maybe take that risk of of trying to draft a guy like that. But that's, I think one of the things that kind of stood out to me, but what do you have over there, Mark, in in the calm notes over there?
1: Yeah. Well, that's, you're right there, brother. I, so the first things that I wrote down is that quote, he took it all the way back to high school and how they were recruited. So he's going to go deep into Mm -hmm. the weeds about each player, which makes a whole lot of sense, pretty basic, uh, but I do wonder when you look at that part of it and you look at the offensive linemen, Paris Johnson Jr., Peter Skoronsky, both those dudes, you take it all the way back, you will get rave mm-hmm. reviews to the beginning of time on those guys. Yep. Uh, and you're you're obviously not gonna get the same with, with, with Jalen. There's gonna be uh, some stuff here besides, behind the scenes, a lot of it, I would think. And it was interesting that he said that he's gonna sit with George and Kevin uh and you know this is what we want to do and get their approval i thought that was that was interesting uh the fields part of it we've seen in college his ability to use his arm he didn't talk about seeing his ability to use it last year he he's he's talking about you know back in college when he was sitting back in the pocket and completing passes to Jackson Smith and Jigba and Garrett Wilson and company, like that's the quarterback that he, he's looking forward, in my mind, to seeing this year. I thought that was just a little, a little window into what he thinks is possible for his QB. Uh, I thought it was also interesting that he said that combine was the last, the last step of the process as far as evaluating the quarterbacks and if anybody blew them away, and that workouts can sway you too far. Mm-hmm. So if you if you step off of the QB for a second on that comment, a guy like Adabare, who's uh, out of Tommy out of Wah out of Northwestern, who's flying yeah. up the boards because he's crushing it with the workouts. I do wonder if the Bears will you know, be more focused on the tape with a guy like that, who, you know, was more up and down on his tape, possibly because of, uh, I think definitely because of the circumstances around him and the level of competition and how much he was taken on. But I do wonder, like, when he's talking about, like, we're not going to be, you know, a, a team that drafts based on the workout, which I like, by the way. Yeah. Um, I thought the Chicago thing was interesting, too. Uh, you know, when, when you look at the, 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 who they went after this offseason, you know, first dude, TJ Edwards, you know, this is a Chicago guy. Uh, he wanted to be here. Grew up a Bears fan. Um, you know, I, that, that was kind of interesting to me that the, I, I don't know if he was, I'm not sure if that was a hundred percent truthful, but maybe it is that he looks at it, uh, you know, uh, that diehardness join the party tonight.
2: Yeah. You know, join the party. But Mark, actually, you know, when, you know, when we were all if, for people who played like high school football and if it was here in the state of Illinois and you know, you're a bears fan. Then you at one point always think like, Man, wouldn't it be cool to make it to the next level? You you go here and you maybe go to college, or wherever, but you come back to play in your home state. I know I've had like thoughts about that. As of, like being <laughs> my slot receiver, knowing that hell no, that wasn't gonna happen. But I think there is um something to that, you know, playing in your home state and you know, in front of your friends and family, grew up watching the bears, now you're wearing that uniform. I, I can get I can get with that in, in terms of like those players, you know putting in even more effort
1: or wanting to just really impress for you know, their, their home state team. I mean, maybe I need to be a little bit more of a romantic on that side, And then that would be the dream <laughs> to play for mm-hmm. the bears of your hometown team. But I also feel like I'm in the NFL, I'm going to kill and name and do everything I possibly can uh, to be successful. Even if I'm a Tennessee Titan or Chicago bear, but he, he, he put it in there. So that that's okay. That was, I thought it was interesting. And then, uh, he was very clear about the offensive line. When you get to this point in free agency right now uh, to improve our team, we've got to look at the draft. I mean, that, that's pretty damn-ass <laughs> clear right there. A- ain't no right tackle that they're going to be signing. They are there To improve our team, we're going to look to the draft. I mean, he, he's, he's, he said it point blank. So I, I think that gives you a pretty clear idea of what's going to happen between now and a month from now when the draft gets going. By the way, our draft party is going to be amazing. Can't wait to give you more uh, information about that. Uh, should we, should we hear from the head coach before we get on out of here? Does people want to hear from the fluce Yeah. Let's see what the fluce has to say when his swole shirts that he,
2: you know, wears consistently now, let's see what the, uh, the, the has to say.
1: All right. We got three videos. On atypical the three videos here. Uh, um, so here I, I have now watched these. Let's just go f- live fluce fluce Look at that serious. Look, you do not mess with the head coach of the bears. Okay. Fluce, what do you got? Let's hear it
6: that is atypical for a team that went 3-14 and a year ago. How do you describe kind of the collective calm of of the leadership group that you guys have now and what's creating it? Yeah, I would just say that uh, when you have um, a vision for who you want the football team to be and you have an approach um, and you spell that out and you put your heads together collectively as a group to form that plan and then execute that plan but also have the ability to adjust and adapt when things change um, and not... uh, throw into a panic mode um, and say, okay, hey, this is where it is. So we will shift together as a group, what's the best plan going forward, and then just keep moving forward towards the vision. But you have to have that, uh, I believe a, we have a great foundational floor, um, you know, in our young group of players and how we standardize our approach to everything we do on the field, off the field, and I think that's what that's where it is and I think that creates that. Balance. Are you guys gonna do anything different? Well, that's a terms Maybe from last year yeah, so his question was, is doing anything different this year? I would just say, like I said, in the OTAs, we're going to focus more on the passing game. Um, you know, a little bit. And then maybe have a longer seven-on-sevens, those types of things. And uh, different situations, you know, two-minute red zone, third down, all those things that you do. Maybe emphasize those a little bit more um, to make where we were a little bit last year we needed to
1: improve
4: on uh to make sure we get that done
1: with our approach and our plan all right thank you thank you you. appreciate it you're muted still mark there um, you go okay we are going in reverse order of flusasophy that was the end of his time with the media but you know you know what stood out to me there nick what stood out he repeated jeff joniak's question for the group so the question was he let he let Hogue and everybody else know this is the th- this is the thoroughness that Fluce brings to the table outside of the guns that he's talking about and yeah okay fine we're gonna spend more time in seven on sevens working on the passing game there's a football nugget for you but he wanted everybody to know what the question was that that is that that, that this is an inclusive Fluce man that's what I got from that.
2: Well Mark I, I've come to, to realize with, with the fluce like he likes to especially after games he'll wrap up the entire game to start off the uh, you know the, the press conference so he he's really good about summarizing and making sure everybody knows exactly what was said what happened but that's that's a fluce for you but the the part about being more into it, when OTA's happen with the 7 on 7 the passing game I think that should be expected considering how the passing game wasn't a strength of the Bears offense last season, right? And you're getting in some new weapons with DJ Moore, Justin Fields, now year two in Luke Etsy's offense. So, yeah, we want to see some of those things maybe. Now, you're not going to polish him up in OTAs, but you're going to start getting maybe some chemistry get going into next season. He didn't have Darnell Mooney to finish off the year. So let's go get that started going up again in, in OTAs. So it makes sense to me.
1: He, he also gave a great life lesson that, that I have learned over time, Nick. Let's just, let's dive into the deepness of the flus. He talked about the Bears Foundation. He talked about things not going right. But he also, he talked about basically planting your flag. This is who I am. This is who we are. And when we get lost in the weeds, when whatever, Mike McGlinchy says he wants to be a Denver Bronco or even a guy like David Montgomery is going to Detroit. You still orient to where you plan in your flag, what you're about. And you move towards that rather than getting wallowing in the pity of something that didn't go the way that you went. You go, you, you, you planted that flag out there and that's what you're moving towards. And that's how the flu does his business. That makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. He has a plan.
2: Again, the bears organization kind of runs this way. They have a plan in place. They're going to stick to whatever, however they need to get to that plan to make things happen. So, you know, sticking true to who they are is what the Bears have been doing.
1: Plant that flag when you get lost in the wilderness. Orient to your flag. All right, we got what? We got two more fluces. Part two of the flus coming at you right now.
6: At the skill set, you know, in person, um, he is a, a, a big runner. You know, and that, that can really get things downhill. Um, can take it the distance, and he's very competitive. You know, so I'm excited to get him on the field and to let him compete. Um, you know, for that position. And, uh, and I'm excited for Herb, too. I'm excited for him to go to compete for that position, too, and, and see where it goes. Would you rather keep
0: Braxton Jones on the left side? Is there an advantage to, taking, to, to keeping him there versus moving him to the right side if you found a left tackle? Yeah, yeah, like that's
6: all open right now. You know, I think we got to go through the draft and see what we, what we do there, um, and then we'll see where we're going to piece people together. The experience that he out on the left side, that translates to the right. It, it's still valuable. Yeah, I, I think he can go on both both uh, sides. You know, I think some people, you know, obviously, some of the linemen prefer one side or the other. Um, they prefer the, you know, the right-handed stance, left-handed stance, you know, where, where the angles are and all that. So that's always something you have to look at for sure. Matt, where, did you, where did you guys take D.J. to dinner, and, and what left the biggest impression on you about that session? I, I can't do commercials. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we'll get uh, some endorsements. Yeah. Uh, no, it was a very nice place, and uh, <laughs> and, and again, it was uh, he had the Caesar, which which uh, take Tolbert said it's the best Caesar in, in the city. So with, I with, did not have it, so I can't I can't. It's like with chicken and, or chilies? Um, <laughs> <place. laughs> just just wink when we say it. Yeah, outback. But, uh, but well, it sounds like he just visiting with him resonated and I'm curious like what What about him in those early
1: stages like um, you forward?
6: can just feel you know uh, these people always look well it's just a, the guy in the jersey number and all that it's more than that it's mind body and spirit so that's how we coach guys we coach guys that way you know so in order to know that you have to build a relationship with guys but my first impression of, of DJ is that he lit up the room you know, and the energy that he brought into the room um, and his family brought into the room was was just outstanding and uh, you can feel that light inside of him and the energy he's going to bring to our football team. He had the like
0: eight quarterbacks over the course of his career right. in Carolina and he still produced. I mean how much when you look at 3,000 yard season right. with a rotating
2: door at quarterback for him, what does that give you how do, how do you think he you can, what can you do it?
6: Yeah, it's just continuity, right, with the quarterback and having that same guy in there um, and then the relationship they build, the rhythm and timing of that. You know, because one of his skills is he is a great route runner. You know, he's really good at that and uh, his ability to get open. Um, and uh, his relationship with Justin's going to be huge. They're starting to build that already. And... Uh, it's gonna be exciting to see.
3: Matt, when we talked to Ryan yesterday, he he made it pretty clear that he felt like you guys were competitive in keeping David Montgomery. That yeah, that you know you made a run at it, and it just didn't work out. Right. I mean, how were you? How surprised were you that he ended up moving on? And and a guy like that in your locker room, I mean, that's not necessarily easy to replace. So I mean. How big of a loss is
6: that? Yeah, I mean, like Ryan said, I mean, I, I agree 100%. I was in all the, 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 the talks in there, and, you know, you have two sides, and sometimes you come to an agreement, and sometimes you don't. That was the case uh, this time. You know, do we like what uh, David brought? Certainly. You know, he's a high-energy guy. Um, he, he fits our culture, but at the end of the day, um, he and his agent decided to go in a different direction, and it, that's, what, that's the way it goes. And you're close
2: working with Ryan.
6: Yeah, I just really like the way his approach is very methodical. Um, it, it's it's logical, um, and it's transparent. And that's what he's done throughout the course of it, and not only with me, with our whole, whole the coaching staff. We're talking through free agency with him, talking through the draft um, and the moves that he's going to make, the potential to make. And I think when you have clarity uh, with that, with your entire staff like that, it, it, it brings a, a calmness and a, you know, everybody's on the same plane in terms of where we want to go with the vision of our football team, and uh, you know our relationship is, is you know built over the course of the year too. Um, just spending time with each other, you know, as you know, as a GM and head coach, but also spending time out of with, you know, with our wives going out to dinner and us getting to know each other as men. I think is very important too, and uh, that's only going to get stronger. How do you know
0: some of the draft prospects? If a player, you know whether it's character question or tantrums, it doesn't necessarily look right now as a guy who fits your philosophy.
6: Can you bring guys in and teach them? And-
1: there is our guy not telling us about dinner. Being- what's up with that?
2: <laughs> They're transparent, right? The the whole organization been very transparent about what's kind of happening. Uh, now I'm just trying to guess where they, <laughs> where they cut. Went Where's to the best end.
1: Caesar salad, and and where do they did where do they meet with DJ, in uh, in I'm assuming it's Arizona. Is it a recent meeting? When was this meeting? I maybe I'm not following close I, enough. I thought it was uh, I thought it was in Chicago. No, or did they mean in Chicago. So the best the, Caesar salad in Chicago.
2: It's some. Hey, our chat is a very devoted group. Let's get down. Let's let's all become investigative journalists and get to the bottom of this. Let's find where this Caesar salad's at.
1: Uh, I mean, I asked for ratings on the shirt, too. Rob Schwartz, gave him a three. He doesn't like the color, not tight enough. <laughs> <laughs> so so
2: the fluce needs to keep working uh, out is what, what uh, Rob I was mean, saying.
1: Yeah, I, I look, like, you know, if I was the flooce's stylist, I would tell him, look, like, look, dude, you're not a brown guy. You're a <laughs> you, 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 you pop dog. You, we need some red. We need some aqua. Maybe Ooh. we go power. We could go power. I mean, power black would be cool. Something. Uh, that 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 this this is not you know brown. You're not an accountant, Fluester. You're the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Let's go. <laughs> Kick down. Uh, what else stood out from that situation right there? I'm not. I, He. I mean, the Braxton Jones thing. We talked about yes, that earlier, right? The Braxton Jones moving or
2: the possibility they're going to keep it open, right? And. I think you have to look, you have to keep all options open, especially because there's a lot of fluctuation happening on this offensive line right now. But yeah, I think that was the, the really big takeaway because if that happens. I mean, there are, you know, three possible left tackles that the bears could potentially take at number nine in this upcoming draft.
1: Yeah, I mean, that position is open. Thank you for reminding me. That was interesting. Open. Uh, hey, Braxton. Matt Eberflus just said that your position is open. Thoughts? No. I'm sure he would be very <laughs> professional about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, should we do the last? Should we do the last one? We got three more minutes of flus, and then we'll we'll, we'll 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 analyze and we'll say goodbye. We can't. You can't not play the flus when you got the flus. All right. One more flus, and and we'll uh, we'll wrap it up after that. got to know, you
6: know, you gotta know. Yeah. So each one of those, you take them piece by piece, one by one, right? And you say, okay, hey, this was you know pressure It was created immediately, you know, through a, a, a miss, you know, a miss block or whatever that is, and uh, you know, alignment set man or whatever whatever it was, or it was well, Jesse needs to get rid of the ball, and uh, you just say, you know, it's just it's one or the other, right? So. Um, a lot of times, he got out of those through scrambles and he would run the ball. Um, but certainly, we got to be better um, on the inside part of the pocket for sure. Um, it really
0: protecting him in their time. When he's got the, the skills that not a lot of people have, fill in the, to run and get away from guys, is it hard to teach him? hey, you know, it might just be the better part of Alex and just throw the ball away versus trying to make something magical happen.
6: Everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's always the case. It's a delicate balance. You know, you don't want to tip the playmaker away from him, but he, he has to understand the uh, situations in the game and when to just move the ball on the field and when to make the play. And, uh, it's a delicate balance, so.
0: You mentioned with the combine about Justin like, making those layups. Yeah, he's talked about that, too, this offseason. Sure. What does it look like in practice in terms of the offseason? Like, if that's a focal point, how does he get better at some of those things? What do you get more?
6: Yeah, so, you know, this offseason, you know, obviously, is going to be very big for us. Uh, you know, then you start with, you know, the you know, phase one, phase two, and then you get into phase two with the OTAs, and then we get on the field more with the entire football team. So that's going to be a big part. We'll set that up. and you know, we're going to set it up, you know, to work on the passing game, uh, a little bit more emphasis on that um, during this, this offseason and then working in the journey. Like Patrick's question. I mean, a big part of your off-season evaluation with Justin was trying, was trying to decide, you know, is it him or the circumstances around him. And by trading the pick and committing to Justin, it seems like you guys did. Evaluate that it was really a lot about the circumstances, and that there's a lot there to work with. And if you put better pieces
2: around him, you're going to get different results.
6: Yeah, we, like we said after the season, I believe that uh, you know Justin took a step. He took a step in the right direction. Um, you know, obviously he made some dynamic plays. You know, that the whole league was talking about, um, and he did a really good job with that. Now, you know, just like a whole football team, young team, he needs to take that one step as, as the rest of us do. You, you envision that happening with better pieces around him. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you would have moved on it. Absolutely, he's he's got you we're know, solidifying the, the offensive line, and we're getting skill sets around uh, that we need to you know to move the ball down the field and score points. And uh, we're excited about where that's going. Matt, as an extension of that, you, you guys were in a unique situation where you, you know you're still feeling out who Justin is as a quarterback, but you had the number one pick, and there's quarterbacks obviously there. How deep did you get into evaluating this quarterback class? Over the last you know, yeah, two and a half and we months, did it. we evaluated them. You specifically, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. So we were looking at all that. We uh, all evaluated it early because we knew we were going to make, possibly make this decision early. So that was the first thing we did. We evaluated the quarterbacks and where they were and where they where they fit, and uh, um, I think we made a good decision. We had multiple, uh, we had multiple rookies last year as regular starters. Your-
1: that was super interesting at the end, right? He knew they yeah. were going to make a decision early. So they they wanted to be set up before free agency. That's interesting. And they wanted to do their homework
2: on the quarterback so to make that decision, they needed to know if one of these quarterbacks, quote unquote, like how Ryan Poles has said it this entire time, were to blow them away in terms of what this prospect could be. So the and and Matt Evenflu is a part of that prospect uh, breakdown evaluation as you know, he's said he's in the, the quarterback rooms and the defensive rooms, the offensive rooms. He's everywhere. The flu is everywhere, but they wanted to make sure that they did their homework on the quarterbacks. Like we've kind of heard now for a little bit to make sure that they were on their own timeline. Right. They wanted to get this done early on to, like you said, to be set up before free agency.
1: And, you know, here's where I get too deep in the weeds, but I'll just go there because this is what I do. <laughs> He didn't go over the top on Justin there. And at the same time, he affirmed that we evaluated everyone, and I think we made a good decision in the fact that, you know, we're moving forward with Fields. And he's also holding a huge standard for him. He took a step. I mean, you, I think you can... Argue, you can he took many steps last year. There was a lot of po- positive momentum for Justin Fields. But the Flues is like, yeah, he took a step, basically. We're expecting another big time step this year. I, I just, I think it's a good thing. He's got, he thinks that, you know, A, we made the right call, we're sticking with the dude, and he, he took a step. He, we ain't there yet. We won yeah. three games. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. This dude's capable of way more, trust me. Um, and, and yes, it, we didn't put a ton of, he didn't have a ton of talent around him. He acknowledged that. I don't know. I, I I think it's I think it's all interesting like his he's in on the evaluations they wanted to make a decision early they knew that so they got out in front of it he believes in his quarterback and he thinks his quarterback can do a whole lot more
2: brick by and brick now, step with the, by step. now with the right yep brick by brick and now with the right weapons around him now he can probably hopefully uh take more steps and that's why again going back to the the previous clip you know having an emphasis on working on the passing game because that's where he needs to you know those steps to come in, you know, giant leaps to be completely honest in year three for him to know that they made the right decision. Right. So, and now he's in a hope after they kind of solidify the offensive line, he said that too, in in the video we just watched, but put these pieces around Justin. Now we'll see, you know, his true self as a passer. hopefully in year three now.
1: Yeah. I like, I like the chatter. 1200 steps. Floose it took it. A dude was taking many steps all over the field uh yeah but you know f- 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 took a step it's my guy uh hey good good fun show today thanks to ho thanks to the flu thanks to polls chat was amazing as per always um i think we have maybe a one or two more super chats left I, I think i don't know if we got dylan in there yep there it is what's your true feelings on the cram hype uh, dylan I think I've been pretty honest about this. I hate being called cram. I don't like it. And uh, it, it bugs me to the end of the earth. But you know what? If it's good for the show, then I'm going to lean into it. And, uh, you know, Bragg's with a good cram move. You know, we don't need to talk about all his failings in life. Um, th- that would be beneath me. So I'll just, you know, I'm just going to lean into cram and, and not worry about, you know, the things that, 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 that Greg Bragg's is, is, is um, not doing well. If there are okay. any of those things, he's a teammate.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Nate we appreciate, appreciate you. you.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Come hang out with us tonight. Eight o'clock. Uh, should be a t- ton of fun. I know Braggs will be there. I know I will be there. I know Nick will be there. Uh, have cocktail. Do what. Do whatnot. And uh, I'm not sure if Hogan's is jumping on or not. He's probably. He's got his family with him out there, but maybe we'll see a Hogar in there as well. Uh, either way, it's going to be a ton of fun. So. Uh, See you tonight for the Diehards at 8 o'clock. If you haven't been a Diehard, upgrade your fandom today. AllCHGO.com. Get yourself hooked up. And uh, Sarah, thank you so much for producing today. I know we went a little long today, and there was a lot of stuff that you helped us out a ton with, so thank you. Nick. Mark. See you tonight, buddy. See you later.
2: See hopefully everyone else later, too. Peace.